Thursday, February the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Meta shares tumble and America deploys troops. First, the world in brief. Shares in Meta, Facebook's parent company, fell by over 20% in the post-market trading after it gave a weaker-than-expected revenue forecast of $27 billion to $29 billion for the current quarter. Net income in the fourth quarter of 2021, $10.3 billion, was down 8% year-over-year as investment in the metaverse ate into profits. Separately, streaming giant Spotify reported revenue of 2.7 billion euros, $3 billion, an increase of 24% year-on-year. But its downbeat forecast for new subscriptions also sent its shares tumbling by around 20% after hours. President Joe Biden will send about 2,000 troops to Poland and Germany to move roughly 1,000 soldiers already stationed in Germany to Romania. No troops will go to Ukraine, though America is sending weapons there. Mr Biden is keen to bolster defences on NATO's eastern flank in the event that conflict erupts with Russia. The Pentagon also sent a battleship and warplanes to the United Arab Emirates, which has suffered a series of drone attacks launched by Houthi rebels in Yemen. The UAE has been fighting in a Saudi-led coalition to oust the Houthis from areas in Yemen they control, including the capital, Sana'u. American-led forces also led an attack on suspected al-Qaeda militants in northern Syria. New Zealand announced plans to reopen its border in phases, after imposing some of the toughest COVID-related restrictions in the world. In the coming weeks, vaccinated New Zealanders, along with some skilled workers, will be allowed to enter. Tourists from countries that enjoy visa-free entry will only be able to visit from July. The country's borders have been closed for nearly two years. Qualcomm, an American chipmaker, reported revenues of $10.7 billion for the quarter ending in December. Growth was driven by strong demand for China's handset makers, who turned to Qualcomm after Huawei, a Chinese rival, was forced out of the market by American sanctions. Qualcomm's CEO expects more growth in 2022, as the supply chain issues which have hit chip production ease. At least 60 people were killed during a militia attack on a camp for refugees displaced by fighting in the northeast Ituri province of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Separately, at least 26 were electrocuted to death after an overhead power cable snapped and fell into a ditch filled with water in a market in the capital, Kinshasa. The Washington Redskins, a controversially monikered American football team, finally unveiled their new name, the Washington Commanders. The team's owners had spent decades defying those who accused them of employing a racist epithet, claiming instead that the term Redskins honoured Native Americans. Native Americans themselves begged to differ. They changed tack in 2020 after coming under pressure from sponsors. And fact of the day. 79%. Emmanuel Macron's chance of being re-elected, according to the Economist selection model. If he wins, he will break yet another rule of French politics.
And now, here's today's agenda. Erdogan, the wannabe peacemaker in Ukraine. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, heads to Ukraine on Thursday, where his hosts are bracing for a possible invasion by Russian forces. Mr Erdogan faces a tough balancing act. His government has good relations with its neighbour across the Black Sea. It opposed the annexation of Crimea, sold dozens of armed drones to Ukraine, which could see action in a war with Russia, and has backed the country's aspirations to join NATO. Yet Turkey also wants to avoid antagonising Russia, on which it depends for a big share of its gas imports, billions of dollars in tourism revenue and security along a part of its border with Syria. No surprise then that Mr Erdogan has offered to mediate. Quote, We will not accept unrest in the region, he said last month, urging the Russian and Ukrainian presidents, Vladimir Putin and Volodymyr Zelensky, to meet in Turkey to settle their differences. Mr Putin did not appear interested. Mr Erdogan may be sympathetic toward Ukraine, but he will do his best to avoid taking sides. The Economist's French Election Polling Model Emmanuel Macron, France's incumbent president, is expected to declare any day soon that he is running for office again. If successful this April, he would become the first French president to win re-election since Jacques Chirac in 2002. The Economist has built a statistical model to gauge his chances. At launch, it gives Mr Macron a 91% chance of making it to the second round, which is a runoff between the first and second placed candidates in the initial round. Polls suggest Mr Macron is likely to face a repeat of his 2017 runoff with Marine Le Pen, leader of the far-right national rally. He is extremely likely to beat her if that occurs. But if he instead faces Valérie Procresse, the centre-right candidate, he would have a harder time. After accounting for all such scenarios, we give Mr Macron a 4 in 5 chance of winning another term. Our interactive model updates every day. You can track it here. Interest rates on the move Jittery financial markets will have more news to digest as meetings of both the European Central Bank and the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee kick off on Thursday. The ECB meeting was expected to be uneventful. The bank already announced in December its most consequential decision, the gradual phasing out of the pandemic support bond-buying programme. But Christine Lagarde, the president of the ECB, will need to react to intense speculation of an interest rate increase in the course of this year, which was triggered by stubbornly high inflation in the eurozone. Annual consumer price inflation hit 5.1% in January after reaching 5% in December, significantly above most economists' expectations. Britain's committee, meanwhile, will almost certainly follow December's rate increase from 0.1% to 0.25%, the first such increase in more than three years, with another rise. Inflation in Britain increased far higher and faster than its central bank had forecast. Car earnings in the spotlight The rivalry between Ford and GM is almost as old as the car industry itself. 
The latest assessment of their track positions will come on Thursday when Ford announces its annual earnings. The company will hope to compete with the bumper results that GM posted on Tuesday and a forecast of similar for 2022, despite a chip shortage that has hampered most of the world's car makers. GM also said that it would forego reinstating its dividend and use the cash to accelerate its transition to electric vehicles. Ford is clearly feeling confident. It is expected to spend up to another $20 billion on EVs, in addition to the $30 billion it has already pledged by 2025. Both companies will need to keep spending in order to take on Tesla, which a week ago also announced record production and profits, and said it expects production to grow by 50% in 2022. The race is on. A portrait of the poet as an activist. Grocery lists were never just grocery lists to Gwendolyn Brooke, who would send her daughter to the store for, quote, bright, pearlescent ruby tomatoes. She found poetry in the everyday, whether it was vegetables or the lives of the black urban poor. Her perceptiveness and technical precision won her praise. With Annie Allen, a collection of poems about a black girl growing up in Chicago, she became the first ever black recipient of the Pulitzer Prize in 1950. But Brooks, who died in 2000, aged 83, did more than turn the quotidian into verse. She also fought for racial justice and mentored other writers. A new exhibition at the Morgan Library and Museum in New York traces her development as an artist, teacher and activist. Among the items on display are self-published guides for young poets, highlighting Brooks' impact beyond her own poetry, especially on the communities she wrote about. Winter Quiz Week 8 The battle with our baristas enters its final week. As in previous weeks, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Thursday. Which English county is bordered by Herefordshire to the west and Gloucestershire to the south? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Woodrow Wilson, who died on this day in 1924. The ear of the leader must ring with the voices of the people. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 